What is going on, everyone? You have found the Mission Driven Made podcast where we equip and empower you with unfiltered fitness truth. Make sure you check out some of our free resources. Head over to missiondrivenmade.com, click learn, and there you can download our free Nutrition Myth ebook. On the episode today, we start with what is called a life section. And here I share another story about my oldest daughter stealing apples again. She has a problem, I know. Then we move on to all the Joe Rogan controversy and end the life section with an update from Clayton since he finally finished his Precision Nutrition Level 1 course. Make sure you hang around to the second portion of the episode today, which is our fitness focus section. Here we start with the question of should you track your macros and calories. Then we move on to a few really cool studies that have been coming out regarding CBD oil. Then we finish the episode today with a Q&A with the question of should you do cardio before or after your resistance training? All right, everyone, grab a nice large cup of coffee, kick back, and enjoy the episode. No, I just uh, realized this is the latest we've recorded before. I know it feels weird. I, it does not in a bad really way. Weird. It's just weird. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's fine, but it's different for us though. You know, we're, we're normally well, we've been doing late morning, I guess, for the most part. So for me, like I've been getting up and I've been, like, you know, oh, I'm getting up and fresh, like doing and going all through this, and and I thought that that was what I wanted to do, but. Having done this today at a later time, I realized, dude, I had so much, like, I wasn't stressed at all this morning. I got my work done. I mm. would have got a workout and actually got a double workout in yesterday. So I did not work out um, today, but I had time to have worked out had I, you know, needed to. Um, yeah, you know, there's I just benefits did... of both for sure. It, totally. You know, I mean, I like morning stuff a little bit better, mm-hmm. but it, it was kind of nice too. Like, there was a little bit more time throughout the day until we started but it is weird though because i looked outside and like the sun is like about to start going down <laughs> pretty soon so i'm like oh this is so weird we're, we're used to like you know what is it 9 30 in the morning or so your time when when we do it so yeah well i'm on top of that so like our our listeners know that i um i'm not a big caffeine drinker um because of anxiety and sleep stuff um but in the right doses, I make it work for me. Like today, uh, it definitely was a little more of a black tea day um, than like I've, this is my second cup of black tea. So I'll probably, you know, karate chop somebody by the end of the day, but I will <laughs> not feel tired. So when? Dude, I think like I'm pretty sure two black teas because black tea is the strongest mm-hmm. um, for teas. I think that's probably about a small cup of coffee as far as caffeine, maybe. Yeah. Or a weak cup of coffee. Sounds know I mean? about right. I won't drink the black tea. I won't drink the black tea. Um, I won't drink the black tea when I um, don't have food in my belly because I'll just get um, jacked. And not in a good way. You know, like some people are like, oh, pre-workout, let's do this. I'm like, pre-workout. You know, like, like I'm already Sometimes shaking. It's, just, it, it's not fun when it gets to that uncomfortable level yeah you know what i mean like with the caffeine like there's that that threshold where it's like oh this is perfect you feel like you can concentrate and focus a little bit more you have more energy in the gym and whatever it is but you hit that level 
and it's like, okay, this sucks. Like, this totally. isn't fun at all. Like, you're trembling a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I remember this happened to me a, a while ago. I took a few years off, like, having any coffee at all. Oh, wow. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I want to have a cup of coffee. And this is when Edlene and I were dating, I think. And we went to Starbucks and I started, I was like, you know what? I want to have coffee again. It'd been Mm. like four years. And I I took a couple sips and all of a sudden I was just like, whoa. (laughs) And, and then literally after one cup, dude, I'm my body temperature just spiked. I'm like profusely sweating. My heart's racing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like that was from like one cup of coffee, but it was so delicious. And then since that day, I don't think I've missed one day having coffee. And that was like, uh, five years ago maybe six years ago so coffee every day since i'm honestly i'm i'm a little bit jealous because um i am like that smell of freshly ground coffee it was for me and i remember ever since i was a little kid that smell just like you know some people love it some people hate it but for me it was like i wasn't even a coffee drinker yet and i was like oh that's the shiz yeah um i actually (laughs) specifically remember getting up at Andrew's house lots of mornings. And you know, it's so funny. I hadn't even thought about that until uh, uh, I, I saw we've got our, uh, our, new, uh, our new friend, our old friend, a new producer with us today. Uh, you won't hear him, but he just did a little, yeah, a little thumbs up and me too. And I was like, oh my God, all of a sudden I just like went back through my childhood. I think that more of my coffee drinking was at Andrew's like at least half of my life coffee drinking was probably at Andrew's house. <laughs> like, I remember that too. Right? Okay. Andrew's I think Andrew's mom made coffee all the time in the morning yep. and I'm pretty sure every once in a while she made me a cup or so I mm-hmm. I remember that. She made the Very best coffee. Nostalgic. When it wasn't even Very like nostalgic. I don't think the coffee was not really it wasn't like super fancy coffee. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, Andrew's shaking his head. I think I want to say like, you know, don't crisp, say it. Krispy Kreme was I? Is that right? Krispy Kreme? It, no, not Krispy Kreme. Doesn't start with an F. Oh, it's Folgers. Okay, but it's very okay, much good. just. That's Jake all I want to know. Jake has a, a personal deep uh, hurt with <laughs> Folgers. <laughs> no, it's more of a hatred because it's just like drinking brown water. Like there's no taste. It just colors the water. That's about it. So I f- oh, t- Seattle's best. So Andrew uh, just uh, okay. just let us Seattle's best. Well, now that we're talking about Andrew, remember a couple days ago, I was like, wait, I don't know if it's good for me to always bring up stuff to the audience that I'm excited about in case something doesn't, you know, follow through or pan out. But Andrew is here, everyone. So Andrew, we are really excited. He's going to be on board pretty soon, and he's going to be a producer and a project manager and a bunch of other cool stuff so we're super excited to have him on board we'll do an official announcement a little bit later on like on the mission driven main instagram and all that but we are super pumped clayton and i like dreamed about having mm-hmm. andrew on the podcast like remember the first time we brought it up together we talked about it for like hours and we both felt like little kids yeah. like if you remember that like when was that like a month ago or something or whatever we were talking about it i remember literally thinking and saying don't don't do this to me man don't do this to me don't get my hopes up because like the idea <laughs> of having of having you come on andrew of having a you know not only somebody who shares our passion for this work and for this um you know for um what this work can do for you but um you know obviously like you guys if if I were to include uh, Brian into this mix, I've known you guys the longest, like by far of everybody, you know, like, like I remember 
so Andrew was my first day of second grade buddy in a new school. Uh, Jake, you were, um, we were both in Mrs. Ketwig's class in fourth grade. And then uh, Brian and I, who, uh, you know, we haven't even brought up in this podcast. So people are like, who the hell is Brian? But, uh, you know, one of another one of our buddies growing up um, and still buddies um, who I think we were like five or six. Because we have the picture of us playing um, kiddo soccer. You know, it's like Jay or not Jay comes said Brian's like sitting there like, oh, you know, he's like, I don't even know. Yeah, just being Brian. And I'm like, what? Like you can see him the confusion on my face. I'm like, yeah, that's that tracks. We gotta tell him that we talked about him on the podcast and yeah. we said bad stuff about him. Yeah, yeah but we won't tell him when. Listens. So he just has to search for it <laughs> through all of the episodes. Yeah. Through all the uh dang, we're up to we're recording what, 84 today? 84. 84 yeah. day. We have to do something special for the audience when we get to a hundred, which will be in like what a couple weeks or something. Maybe, I don't know if I'm doing the math right. Like a couple weeks or a month, month and a half. I'm not sure. Something like that. Ten weeks, right? Because we do three a week, so it'll be three. two and a half months. Two and a, oh dang, I was way off. I said a couple weeks. Not, I think I did really that. Close, I, th- I don't know if I did that, but yeah. What the heck? That just that just came out of nowhere right there. <laughs> that was pretty good. I would. I wish I had a Rain Man impression to to bring now, but it probably wouldn't be <laughs> PC anyway. Not that I we're know, particularly right? worried about that here, but you know. Don't want to, yeah. Don't want to, don't want to make a poor, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a hurtful joke either. I know, and people, everyone's uh, skin seems to be a little thin these days too. So people yeah. get upset by just about everything. Yeah. So, but I, I get what you're trying to do, though. I got you. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> I, the key is that I said that I should do my Rain Man impression, and I didn't just launch into it. <laughs> it's a fine line, right? <laughs> canceled. Right, canceled. canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, so okay. So you guys have you guys been like following that? How do you how yes. have you been? What do you think, dude? So okay, Can't, I don't even know if I brought this up on the podcast, but I love Joe Rogan, and here's why: it's not because I agree with everything he says. Yeah. It's not because I like all of his guests necessarily, but he made a comment that I heard. I don't know, maybe five, six months ago, and it just resonated with me a lot. And he said, I feel like I don't fit into anyone's camp. And then he started talking about his perception of life and his worldview, saying, oh, I completely believe in freedom of speech and, mm-hmm. you know, Second Amendment rights. And But then I also, you know, I grew up in poverty. My family was on welfare, but then we got off welfare. So I really believe that social programs can can do great for people and whatever. So he, like, doesn't have the... I guess, conventional way of thinking, like you have to think completely conservative or you have to think completely liberal or progressive or whatever you want to call it. He has this kind of mix of both. And I've kind of felt like that for a while. Like there's things I believe on on each side, not just like politics. This is anything. This is in fitness too. And, um, I feel like I think like that the same way. And I'm always like, I don't know who's camp. I'm just by myself, I guess. He said that. And then we became best friends. Well, (laughs) he he doesn't know that, but that's, that's how I felt at the moment. Like me and Joe, that's, that's my dude. But no, I, uh, I, I have a huge problem with cancel culture. And the reason being, if you looked into any human beings past at all, there would be something to cancel them for. And yeah, yes, of course, there, there's there's limits on that. If someone was 
doing something horrendous to children. Or, right. Okay, that's a different story. But when we're talking about saying words that he shouldn't, we could not condone those words, but realize he's a person, he mm-hmm. said something he shouldn't have said, instead of let's just go straight to canceling. Because let's be real, we've all done things that would be cancelable. Cancel, is that a word? Cancelable? Yeah, cancelable. Cancelable, there we go. That would be cancelable with other people viewing us. So sure. that's how I look at it. I... Yeah, I, I think everyone should extend at least some bit of grace toward other people, too, because I'm sure 90 percent of the people bashing him have done much worse things than than said not good things. So that's how I feel. And uh, he's a huge proponent of uh, freedom of speech mm-hmm. and discourse and people of different opinions being in the same room. And that is like my favorite thing in the world, having two people in there, because if you watch just a few of his episodes, he doesn't agree yeah. with Everything of, his guests say, a lot of guests. even challenge them sometimes. Yeah, totally. And it, it's it's actually pretty entertaining to watch. So that makes a real conversation, not just a politically correct, like you know, here you go, perfectly little, I don't know, packaged conversation. So what what do you think about it though? Well, I think I mean I, I really a lot of what you said. I I would just I would just you know kind of second, but um, you know for me, he, he's a critical thinker objectively he's a critical thinker you can't like nobody regardless how you feel about him can say oh he doesn't really consider the things he says right he anybody who has spent any time listening to him whether it's on his podcast or in other settings where he's you know doing a little bit of a free flow of what he's thinking you know he's a smart guy even if you've just listened to his um his stand-up you know what i mean it's actually perfect not even only if you if if only you've listened to his stand up, you know that he's a critical thinker because that's kind of the crux of his comedy. His comedy is like, well, like look at it from both these angles. It's crazy, right? I mean, so as soon as you get into somebody who is whose brand is critical thinking and and their job is to discuss things, what are we doing when we're starting to say like, oh, you can't make mistakes, right? So regardless of whether you know he's spreading misinformation technically or not like let's take a deeper look into what is actually going on and the reality of the situation is that he's a talk show host you know what i mean like like he's not and he's also as we've talked about like not going and he's not being like oh you know take take your ivermectin that's the right answer he's saying hey this is something that I this that we're all curious about something that I'm experimenting with again I'm not personally speaking to how I feel about all the things he says and does I'm simply saying dude he's like a comedian you know what I mean like when are we when since yeah. when are we like hey you know um those south park guys better shape up you know what I mean it's like the whole idea is that these people are being paid to say the things that one not everybody necessarily wants to hear and two because of that, the thing everyone wants to hear, because like they're the ones who are actually saying what they think, right? Because they can get away with it because you can say whatever you want when it's funny. <laughs> Which he's, yep. he's not doing that in that moment, right? He's not, it's not a comedic bit that we're talking about here, but it's kind of the idea of, yeah, I guess take a step back and, you know, really think about this for a second and what is he doing and what are we, you know, um, you know, that said, I don't necessarily either disagree with like all of the musicians who are like pulling their music. Like I get that perspective too. It's just one of these things that's like, I feel like we have a habit in our culture of not allowing others and ourselves to do better. We have this idea that whatever's happening right now is the bottom line and that's just 
what it is. And, you know, the really the kind of crux of our work is that that's not the case, because if that was the case, everybody would come in and just hate their life in the gym all the time. But that's not what happens. People come in, they hate getting there and like the feeling of learning, you know, a lot yeah. of times because it can be stressful. But then we all, those of us who stick with it, we settle into a place where it's like, oh, this is joy. <laughs> you know, this is something or yeah. some version of some semblance of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then back to, you know, uh, Joe Rogan, the, the thing, too, is he himself, it's not like he is giving medical advice mm-hmm. to people saying do this like right. he he never did that and the the thing that everyone's up in arms about is i think it was dr what was it peter mccullough or something who is the most published cardiologist in the world something like that he was giving his take on covid and then that turned into like joe rogan basically giving people medical advice and spreading misinformation i didn't take it that way at all he just has doctors some that viewed covid and treatment this way some that didn't that's how that's how I took it. I didn't hear it all necessarily like you need to do this. At yeah. least if he said that I, I didn't get it. And the other great thing, if you do believe in freedom of speech, like he does, when you get to people in a room like that, the people that do have crazy ideas and say crazy things <laughs> that can get squashed. That's the point of freedom of speech. You know, when you start right. conversing about these things and you start questioning people, why they believe certain things and, they start to realize like maybe what they're saying is a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. That's another great thing with freedom of speech. So I'm, I'm pro uh, Joe Rogan and I'm very curious if he is going to go over to, did you see he got off, offered a hundred million dollars to go to rumble and leave Spotify? Interesting. So I did not, but I would be shocked if he does that because um, you're, we, we've seen in the last year, at least mostly a lot of my perspective is from, um, live streamers. We've seen massive amounts of, uh, money moving with these huge live stream performers from Twitch to, uh, YouTube, Twitch to Facebook, uh, gaming, all these live gaming things. But what's ultimately happened is a lot of these live streamers have come back to Twitch for one reason or another. The bottom line kind of being that Twitch happens to be the best uh, platform for that particular um, thing. So I, I think these kinds of things are going to come back around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The pendulum's going to always exactly you back the other way. <laughs> exactly. And I, I personally, I don't think he's going to go to rumble that's just my speculation because he's still under contract with spotify for a hundred million dollars yeah and they said they're not dropping him so i don't know how that i don't know how like legal contracts work but i assume he can't just be like see ya i'm going over here unless they like drop him so i I don't really know how that works so well and the question even if he chooses to do that is do people follow him over to rumble or do people just kind of either fade listen to him less because it's not as accessible and then find him on like YouTube because you can just wait a day and listen on YouTube, you know what I mean? And not catch it right in the moment or, you know, as, as, or I guess I think a lot of them, a lot of the podcasts, they do uh, exclusive release on one and then kind of open it up to the other ones. But right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what would happen with like his audience and, and following necessarily, but it is kind of comical to think like if you add all the viewership on CNN and Fox together right. per episode, 
Rogan still has like four times the audience per episode or something. So it, it's just really funny <laughs> seeing yeah. all these outlets getting kind of mad at him. It just warms my heart because I'm pretty anti um, media and the lies that a lot of them, you know, push all the time. So yeah. I don't know. I guess we will have to see. I'm sure we're going to bring him up on the podcast again in like oh, yeah. a month because we keep promising that we're not going to talk about football nonstop. Yeah. nonstop. So we'll have to talk about Rogan a couple times. Got or it. Something. Got yeah. it. Well, and Ruin's oh, always, he's always ripe for conversation. You know, he's a, he is a polarizing figure to say the least. Yeah. And dude, I really am excited to hear about you completing your precision nutrition <laughs> course. I can't hear, but I have to tell you a quick funny story first that you're going to laugh at. Tell me. So do you remember when I told you the story, how Elsie stole that apple in the middle of class from her teacher? Yeah, do you remember like that? One of my favorite stories I've heard in the last little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so it got up in the middle of class, completely shameless, went to her teacher's desk, stole the apple, sat back down in her little group and started eating it. So <laughs> Elsie, today, so I go to get an apple in the morning. Um, I was eating apple a little bit before I went to, to row, and I put my apple on the counter. I turned away for 30 seconds, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, I turn to the right, and I see this mysterious little creature chomping down on an apple. And I was like, huh, that's really weird, because I already gave her an apple like 20 minutes ago that she hasn't finished. There's no way that's mine. And then I turned, and Adeline was like, hey, look, I think she stole your apple from the counter. And I turned the counter that was a few feet from me, and it's gone. So this oh little three-foot monster, or however tall Elsie is now, what walked past me without her hearing or without me hearing, I didn't hear a little pitter patter of her feet in the kitchen, grabbed the apple, went back around me into the living room and started eating it just like that. Completely shameless too. Dude, she knows what she wants. She is, she is a, she is a, a young woman who get takes what she wants when she wants it. That's awesome. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> she does. Oh, completely shameless, but I mean, good, good times. Good well, I times feel like, sure. I mean, don't all of us kind of want to be more like that? Sorry, I didn't realize I'm hella far. Like, we really, I feel like every part, like, almost all of us have, like, that part of me that just wants to be like, you know, I don't care about what you think. I'm just going to, I Dude. want this apple. I'm going to eat this apple. Elsie is turning four this month, and she's probably the most confident person in our whole family, like, by far. Cute. It's like this chick, like... Just walking around, everything's hers, like shameless, like whatever. So, yeah, good Super good times. Cute. But dude, let, let's let's hear about before we get to our fitness stuff today. Let's hear about how the rest of your course went. I just want to hear what you thought of it, like if you enjoyed it, if you learned anything, and then I also want to hear if my prediction was correct about the psychology part of it for you. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I. First of all, um, I'm surprisingly, I don't know how to surprisingly, I'm really grateful having finished this, not only for the fact that now I get to practice as a nutrition coach, but because um, precision being such a respected body, um, I was really um, interested in how well my own kind of self-formed philosophies fit in with that um with their with their program as as respected as it is and basically what i found is that it not only not only was i in line with their program but 
I mean, I kind of hit a point where, and I don't, again, I've said this before, I don't mean to sound like cocky or anything because it's not, it's just, it's not that, but like I, I was like, I chose to not learn a lot of the material in detail because they were um, breaking down the mechanics of things that I do very naturally. Um, so it was, it was what I found was that because of how I entered the business, partly from growing up in it, partly from studying psychology, partly from, I think, having an experience of being out in the, in the workforce and then coming to personal training, um, really had, um, an idea of how I wanted to approach it. And that was basically as easy as you can make it for somebody. And that's kind of like the, the, the core of what thoughtful must, uh, excuse me, thoughtful movement and fitness is, which is how can we take this kind of tradition, these traditional movements and benefits and reframe them in a way that takes away the, um, fear, the emotional challenge, or at least mitigates it. Um, and, um, and how do we use these tools to, um, calm things like anxiety and depression and uh, a whole host of, of, um, of conditions I tend to focus on again, having the psychology background, I tend to focus on the uh, mental health conditions. I found that my best move was just kind of go through, scan everything, make sure that I picked up any information that, you know, I wanted to make sure first and foremost that I wasn't missing anything. Right. So I went through it all kind of glanced, but I didn't spend time memorizing each individual mechanic because ultimately and we we've we we've alluded to this but we'll talk about it in more detail um, in future podcasts but just like with fitness if you're doing something well you shouldn't your trainer shouldn't come in and break it down and have you read learn how to do it if you're doing it well being the caveat right because if you're doing it well it as a trainer is counterproductive to like reteach you something that you're already doing fine. Right. Like, why are we doing it? Unless there's a purpose, you know, that we're leading into some other movement that you need that kind of foundational thing for it's for the most part, you know, if you're doing it, okay, we're going to leave you like that. Um, and so I ended up taking that approach and feel like because of that, I really gleaned like the maximal benefits out of, out of the course. Let me, let me take a step back and say, I'm talking about this. Like you all heard me talk about it on our last podcast. Um, because what I'm referring to right now is the back half of the precision nutrition level one certification, which is largely, uh, psychology, psychology based coaching, t- um, techniques and strategies, um, for which, you know, for somebody with a background in psychology, and also years of experience doing this, I had kind of meshed together, right? So um, while I was mostly kind of, my got a little confidence boost and, you know, like, you know, felt good about myself and that I've been kind of doing it in the same way that they're taught, you know, that they're teaching. Um, that aside, the whole first half was like, solid diamond gold, you know, like gold with diamonds poking out of it because, you know, the first half was the science. The first half was, uh, you know, um, you know, kind of the workings of metabolism, uh, how you, 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 you bring people between, uh, what precision calls the three levels, you know, of, um, of, uh, coaching. So I 
was uh, you know I don't, I don't know I was stoked stoked I feel I feel a lot more um, capable in terms well let me rephrase I feel a lot more confident and just knowing that now I have the um, certification that and the education that lets me speak as a nutrition coach mixed with the fact that it was so overlapping with what I was already practicing in terms of principle. Um, I kind of, I'm on top of the world right now, dude. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm walking in like as a experienced nutrition coach because of my experience as a personal trainer using those same skills and, and techniques and, and, um, you know, schools of thought, because really all it is, is, you know, it's going back to psychology and, you know, how do we, how do we, it's the same thing I said, you know, a minute ago is like, how do we remove roadblocks for our clients? And as far as, um, that goes precision, I've, I probably haven't, that's probably the best thousand bucks I've ever spent or whatever it was, yeah. you know what I mean? Best, best money, best value for my money I've ever spent besides maybe the, you know, NASM certificate, which allowed me to, you know, actually practice all this, right. Or, you know, there are two different disciplines, but obviously they, um, are very important to each other. So was my prediction somewhat accurate where the psychology stuff or whatever wasn't like super new for you? Um, cause I know you said yeah. like you didn't dive like super deep into everything cause you already had a background, but there, there wasn't anything that popped up for you that was completely like, whoa, what is this? No, it was really, it was, it was actually if anything. And I think I, I would argue that this is a testament to precision, um, They are teaching their students in the same way that they're teaching their students to teach. So what they're doing is they have oh, this so true, right? That's they have so this true. amassment of experience and knowledge and, and learning, and it's it's a lot. You know what I mean? It's it's like we're precision is like a lot of really high level, highly educated people talking about some really um, finely different things. So fine, they're talking at very fine levels, right? Um, but as a PN1 student, I didn't feel that, even though I knew that. You know, I knew that that was what they're working with. But when the information got down to me, it was maximal, maximally useful. So, you know, um, when you practice what you preach and you see the benefits of that as the learner, there's not much of a better like evidence of, Hey, this is what you just learned guy. Like, you know, like, like good job, like go to use this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the benefits. This is, this is what just happened. You experienced it. Now go share that with somebody else. I don't, well, I don't, to, I don't know if I answered your question. Sorry. <laughs> no, you, you, you completely did. You okay, did. Good. And I, I never really to, know <laughs> to, to celebrate you getting your certification and going through the course Let's get into our fitness focus for the day. And we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition. So I'm sure, I know you just said you're on top of the world right now. Top of the flying world. High, flying high. All excited. So let, let's clouds. let's get to our fitness focus. And our question to start will be, should you count macros or calories uh, or tracking them? It would probably be the more accurate way to say that. So I'll start. And then with you... Just finishing your course, I'm really excited to, mm. to hear what you have to say about Dude, counting gonna, or tracking your calories or macros. So it's going to be I so boring. Saying, I'm going to be like, "Yep, Jake was right." 
What Jake said. <laughs> J- just nod your head. Yeah. Yes. No, you're probably going to recite like three chapters of the book. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as far as tracking your macros or calories, so to start off, I think this is a fantastic tool, especially if you don't know too much about nutrition and you have no idea about portion sizes or anything like that. So you have no idea how many calories you're actually consuming. And there have uh, been studies in the past two that have shown people under-report their calories upwards of 80% when they just try to eyeball <laughs> their mm-hmm. calories. So e- even even dietitians, uh, the same studies showed it was like 10 to 20% or something like that. Even they underreported by that much. So that does go to show no matter how trained you are, so to speak, it is not super accurate trying to eyeball your calories. So I want to start with that. And another way to really think about this. So if we think of uh, peanut butter, which I think we were talking about earlier today. Anyways, if you think about peanut butter, who really has a serving size of peanut butter when they have it people do that huge heaping Mm. spoonful that's probably at least for me i'm sure i'm consuming at least five or so servings of it but that small little two tablespoon serving size is like almost 200 calories and i would it's fair to say i think a sandwich is going to have at least three servings i mean if you know how to make a correct peanut butter and jelly sandwich that is gotta have so that's just something to to think about with 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 nuts and with oils and stuff like that, it's very hard just to eyeball and know that you are being accurate. So I I don't want to act like you need to track everything, but I think in the beginning, it's a great tool to use initially. So if someone's never done that, and this is just a very general number, this doesn't mean anything. I think it'd be a, a great, at least experiment to track for, I don't know, maybe a month or so just to see how much you are consuming. So there's like some data you can start with. So if you have a goal of, oh, I want to gain weight, you know, I want to maybe put on a little body mass, you know, if it's working or not, because you know how much you're consuming and you can adjust from there or if you're wanting to maintain your body weight, or if you're trying to lose body fat, whatever your goal is, this gives you somewhere to start. So you at least have an idea. And then in a perfect world too, eventually, I think it's great to get back to eyeballing if you can and just using the knowledge you had while or what you accumulated while you were tracking your food. You have a better idea what portion sizes are and all that. So from there, you know, eventually go back to eyeballing your food. And if you notice you start gaining weight if you don't want to or losing weight when you don't want to, then you could always go back to to tracking for a bit. So I'm going to say, uh, of course, it depends on your goal. But I think it is a fantastic tool to use, at least temporarily. Me personally, like I, I wouldn't want to do something like that my entire life. I'll go through periods of it, but it's not something you know I want to do for five years in a row or anything. And it's just something I did want to throw as a, a side note. I know people are concerned about um, it causing an eating disorder if you do that. So with some recent studies with that, it did show if you don't already have an issue with that, it doesn't tend to lead to you having some type of issue after you track your food, which is great. But if you do have a history of something like that, that is something to obviously take caution with. And you obviously want to see a therapist or something like that yeah. before you'd ever do that. So I did want to make sure I threw that uh, out there. But 
It's a great tool, especially if you're a beginner. What do you got with this, Mr. Precision Nutrition? <laughs> I was already Did like saying things when you're Mr. Precision Nutrition. I feel like I just I need like a trekker hat with like PN1 coach. <laughs> no, I need the, I need the Level shirt that says coach in big white letters across the back. <laughs> Basically Superman. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, okay. So I, what you just said, I agree with what you said. Um, with the one caveat that I'm always, you're always going to hear me saying listeners, this is a great tool as long as it's a great tool for you. So Jake just touched on it. So it's perfect. Cause I can just springboard directly off what he said. He's talking about, he just finished talking about, you know, eating disorders, um, etc. I, I added etc. on he talked about eating disorders with it because that's a really important issue when we're talking about this because I don't know the exact I don't know the percentage but a, a, the majority of the population is not going to have a problem with that but the people who do are going to have a real problem with that and not yeah. just a little bit of a problem it's going to be a big problem right so let me give you guys a little bit of real world um, anecdotal Evident, I don't know if you can, evidence is the right word. First-hand experience. Uh, I can't do that. I can't count cal- calories. I've got um, uh, OCD tendencies. Um, I wouldn't say I've been diagnosed disorder um, as I have been with other things. Uh, but for me, if I'm not careful, I can get a little um, hyper-focused on on. Um, on a detail that ultimately uh, causes me to collapse the entire structure because I'm focusing on that one detail. Um, And this is something for me uh, that is kind of, it goes across a gamut of different things and like just in the real world, like, like if I'm learning something new, I can get fixated on one thing and then I can miss the big picture. That was my big problem learning math growing up. I was like, okay, but why does this do that? And I'm like, okay, because it does that, right? You just got to like accept it is kind of the bottom line. I don't so, know. Take it up with God. He'll tell you. Exactly. Well, so it's perfectly you said that because when you talk about taking it up with God, whether or not you're religious, whether or not you're spiritual, what you're talking about is you're talking about turning it over and saying, okay, this is how it is. That's okay. I'm going to make peace with the fact that this is for whatever reason, the way things are right now. Right. So for me, part of that was accepting that traditional methodologies, like, um, measuring fat folds to tell, to tell my body composition, uh, things like, uh, weighing myself on the scale, things like counting calories. Ultimately for me, don't not are not only, ineffective but detrimental and 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 severely um at times so the answer for me is yes this is a great tool if it's something that works for you and if you're not sure what if that's something that works for you give it a give it a try it for most of us if you know most of us in this situation you kind of already know who you are if you shouldn't be doing this right and if you don't maybe this will help you figure that out right but just like we're talking about with all these things, being willing to try things, being willing to experiment, seeing what works for you is going to be the answer. Because the reality is, is even if you are somebody who um, you know kind of springs towards OCD the way I do, that doesn't mean that if 
there are ways to do it appropriately and talk to your therapist, talk to your, your healthcare providers as you get into this. But there are ways to do this uh, in relatively healthy ways, you know, not relative in healthy ways. I just as a nutrition coach, nice as a nutrition coach and personal trainer, it becomes, you know, we're we're starting to talk outside of our purview, out of our scope of practice um, uh, as soon as we start talking about that next level. Um but yeah, just make sure that if you are using uh, calorie counting, if you are using, you know, um, any kind of, if you're using calorie counting, just make sure that it's right for you. Yep. So. Just, just a tool and extra data uh, to help you be successful if you want to go that route. So, yeah. all right, moving on. And this was what I was actually most excited to bring up today. And I don't have a depth of understanding with the subject, but it was really cool. And that is CBD and the few studies that there uh, that's uh, occurred recently. And the first one, um, this stood out to me because um, if you guys are f- familiar with Dr. Bill Campbell, he is a physique scientist. He's also a professor of exercise science, I believe. And when he says certain things, you know, people listen. He's a, <laughs> he's an authority in the space and someone I respect. And I saw he posted on uh, about CBD. And I'm like, oh, this cool. is interesting. I love that. And so he posted a couple studies showing that the data so far is suggesting that CBD oil is effective with helping anxiety. Mm-hmm. So hearing him say this, I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, a real thing that people can talk about. Because when it first came out, you, you never know in the beginning when something's not regulated, you you can't know for sure the effic- efficacy of it, excuse me, and, you know, if uh, it's legit or not. But after he said that, um, or posted about it, it didn't make me a little bit more interesting. So, or interested, oh my gosh, I can't talk today. So the anxiety part of it, was very interesting. Another study that came out recently, and this is more preliminary because it wasn't done in humans, it was done in a test tube, I believe, is CBD can possibly stop the infection of COVID. So apparently it blocks it from getting into your cells. So I don't know the physiology behind it besides that very basic amount, but that uh, is exciting to, to think about that yeah. something like CBD can have these potential effects for the future. And just for um, some of you that aren't familiar with CBD, so um, there's two main compa- compounds that most of us know about from the um, cannabis plant, and that is CBD and THC. THC is the one that would cause people to get high. CBD doesn't have that effect, but it does have a wealth of other positive effects. So I personally think in the years to come, it's going to be the most talked about, if you want to call it a health and wellness supplement, whatever you you know want to call it, I think this is going to be very very common in the fitness space. And mm-hmm. again, it it's great, but I never want to promote a supplement like this is, you know, as important as sleep or as your training or right. your nutrition. To me, no matter how great it is, even with all the data that comes out, if it continues to be positive, to me, it's still, you know, a supplement at the end of the day, which you know, should be used as a supplement, you know, in addition to instead of like, okay, I'm just going to take tons of CBD, who cares if I sleep and who cares if I'm eating well and all that. So, but very interesting. And I can't wait to see, you know, what comes of all of this. A lot of what we're doing, whether we're talking about as nutrition coaches or personal trainers or just, you know, uh, fitness podcast hosts, a lot of what we're doing is we're trying to help folks identify their own imbalances and shortcomings and strengths Mm 
And we're trying to provide information and skills that help you guys and us to strengthen our weaker points and to reinforce the things that we do really well. Um, when we start talking about medication, obviously Jake and I aren't doctors. We are, as I said, personal trainers, nutrition coaches, that type of thing. Um, that said, I agree a hundred percent with you, Jake, in terms of, um, personally, I feel like because cannabis has such a, a stigmatized history in our, in, in our country in particular, that we have, we're kind of at this point where people recognize the value, the medicinal value that cannabis has for folks, but still haven't completely let go of the stigma of it being, mm. I don't know, a party drug, right? Or whatever you want to call it. Um, gateway drug. That's my favorite, which, you know, is I'm not making again the claim to it one way or another. It's just, you know, it takes me back to the dare days. Um, those of us who are finding challenges with traditional pharmacology, traditional pharmaceuticals, um, are finding that things like CBD and THC have benefits outside of those typical, you know, especially the THC getting high, right? So when we start talking about the value of THC and CBD, it's really important that we don't ignore all these other compounds that come along with the cannabis plant um, and recognize that part of where we're at in this point of time is that we're starting to amass information about the THC, about THC usage and CBD usage in these medicinal environments. But as far as the, as far as this, the information I've looked at and I've, I've done a fair amount of, you know, searching through the internet. Um, there's not a lot of information about the benefits of the 30, I think, I don't know how many, there's a lot other, there's a lot more cannabinoid compounds that, potentially have a lot of benefit, but as far as I can tell right now, they just, ha they just haven't been studied enough. Like you're talking about, it's like, you know, like it's tough for us to even in some ways talk about this because it's such not only a controversial topic, but it's something that is very much in the process of being studied right now. Right. So I think that for a lot of us right now, there's, um, there's a little bit of an anecdotal, uh, uh, movement right now because of the status of it in, you know, politically in our country. Cause it is still schedule one. Um, you know, it is still schedule one. Right. I don't think they've changed that yet. Um, um are you talking about uh, marijuana or like CBD individually? Well, I know CBD. So here's where we start to get into a more nuanced conversation, right? which actually we should, I, I know, Jake and I are both super interested in this. We should maybe we should just consider doing a whole um episode about some of this stuff, but yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, so I'm not I'm not saying CBD or cannabis in general as much as I'm saying the um possibilities of the medicinal uses of CBD THC to a degree and the uh, multitude of other compounds that are found in the cannabis plant, which is still federally illegal, that as we move forward in our kind of culture with it, we start 
my hope is that there will be stuff that you and I can take without getting high and getting the medicinal benefits. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? And, and the reality right. is, is right now it's, we, there's no clear answer to that. It's a whole yeah. thing. And I think Andrew, if you have a second, if you could look this up to just to fact check me here, I believe uh, marijuana like THC is THC is still not legal on the federal level, but legal yeah. in a lot of states, obviously. But I think CBD is legal because they passed some farm bill a few years ago. Mm. Andrew, if you don't mind looking up like the farm bill and seeing if CBD is, I think it is legal federally now. I could be wrong though. So I feel like um, it's got to be because they get they sell CBD at Safeway now. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. I don't know how Safeway yeah, would exactly. get away. You know, a company that big would be able to get away with that. You know, if it wasn't federally um, legalized. Um, that's that said i i too am curious to to hear the details of it um but in the meantime always looking looking that up it, it is you know it's important to remember that anytime we're talking about medications especially from you know the scope of our scope of practice that we're talking about learning how we can use different tools different skills to find ourselves happier healthier more more effective more efficient okay so um you know, keep that in mind, especially as we're talking about cannabis. Do we, are we waiting? This looks like he's, he's searching. Oh, no, we're, we're good. Andrew, Andrew's still looking up. We're good. Gotcha. But yeah, well, j- just a, a quick, you know, reminder when we talk about things like CBD, it's, we're not recommending to go do it. Yeah. It's more of just a really cool subject that's being studied. So it's, uh, it's informational only. It's not saying go and do this. Um, cause like I said, there hasn't been a bunch of studies, but while uh, Andrew's looking it up, if you can find that, let's go into our Q and a for the day. And this is a very common question. And I'm sure a bunch of you have asked this before, or at least thought this before. And this is, should you do cardio before or after strength training? So as almost always when answering questions like this, it starts with, it depends. Now, the the argument to do it prior for people that say, no, you should do cardio prior. It does make sense. You know, it increases your heart rate and your blood flow. It gets you warmed up for resistance training. And this is all true. But before we resistance train, it, it seems optimal to, if you're going to do cardio, just to do it for, you know, a few minutes, maybe five or 10 minutes of low intensity. Once we start going past that point of low intensity, then it is going to be um, suboptimal for our resistance training. So the, the main question though, to, to ask yourself to figure out if you want to do cardio before or after strength training is what is your goal? So that's mm-hmm. the biggest question right there. So if you are trying to maximize muscle mass or strength, resistance train first all day long, you know, of course, minus that, you know, five minute, you know, very low intensity cardio warm up. Do resistance training first. The extensive cardio beforehand will definitely diminish your available energy and will fatigue you before you get to your lifts. Now, the inverse of that, if you resistance train first and then go into cardio, as long as it's low to maybe moderate intensity, it's not going to have that much of impact on your cardio session. So I would say for the general population of people, or if you are looking to maximize muscle mass or strength, then doing resistance training first is the way to go. Now, this would be in reverse. If you are someone that is looking to improve something cardio-related, for example, if you 
really wanted to improve your 10K runtime or something like that. Any long bouts of cardio like that, and that is very important to you, that is your main goal, then at that point, I would definitely do cardio first. But again, that is, most people, that that's not really the case. So if we're talking about general population that might not really have many specific goals, or if your goal is to maximize strength or muscle, then cardio after would be the way to go. Now, in a perfect world, I know not all of us have you know all the time in the world to do this. Separating your sessions uh, would be even more optimal. Yeah. So doing one in the morning, one at night, that's great too. Or if you could even separate them on different days. Now, this completely depends on your hmm. uh, your schedule and you know how much time you actually have. But separating them two would uh, be optimal. But if not, for most of you out there, unless your goal is to improve something like you know your 10K running time, I would resistance train first, followed by your cardio session. So Andrew's got an answer for us. But before we jump back to that, um, I just have to basically reiterate what what Jake said in my in my own ways, just to say um, that that uh sorry i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm gonna kind of reiterate what he said but also i don't know what are we doing and why sorry for the panic there guys what are we doing and why okay are we so i am reiterating something some of what jake said here are we trying to improve our strength are we trying to improve our endurance are we trying to do a combo are we trying to just in, release some endorphins are we trying to, um, you know, cause while, while doing them both at an intense level might take away from growing strength or endurance, your goal might just be to kick your butt and release a, release a lot of endorphins that day. So depending on what your goal is, it's going to be completely different how you approach this. And it kind of really drives home the point of what we come back to a lot of times here, which is these are tools and tools can be used in different ways. So when we're talking about whether we're going to, you know, run first or run after, it's not as simple as that. It's like how, how, like Jake said, how intense are you going to run? How intense are you going to lift? What, why are you choosing to do those things? And, you know, if you have got a good answer that is cohesive throughout that entire program, now we're starting to cook with fire. Absolutely. And we just got an answer from uh, AJ uh, regarding the question with the legality of CBD. And so it looks like here, if the CBD is from a hemp plant, which I believe if that's below 0.3% THC, if I'm not mistaken, then that would be considered legal. If it's at that 0.3% of THC or higher in the plant, then the CBD would be illegal because I know they can kind of get mixed in there, at least federally um, at that level. So thank you for looking uh, that up, AJ. And all right, everyone. Thank I'm sorry. You so well, I'm much sorry. For- I don't want to stop us, but I've got cur- I'm curious about this information real quick before, sorry to der- derail you. You said that there's a, between hemp and marijuana, there's a, there's what do you say is there's a there's a difference in classification sorry i, I don't yes. i don't mean to throw a whole wrench in the works but that's that's a that's big in big, big information yeah so how i at least understand it there's the cannabis plant which is would be considered a, a marijuana plant or hemp mm. hemp though specifically is when the plant has less than 0.3 percent thc okay and then the marijuana plant would be considered when it's 0.3 percent or over. So if it's a hemp plant and that's where the CBD comes from, then it's mm. legal federally. 
And then if it's over that 0.3%, I th- I'm not exactly sure if I'm getting those numbers right, but looks like um, it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, while you were, while you were explaining that I did a, I just did a little uh, phone search in it on Healthline. They confirmed that that is the difference between it. So, so it sounds like the main difference between the legality is whether it's being grown to have the THC consumed or not. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's a pretty clear delineation. Okay. Yeah. So- Thanks. For the most part, at least all the, the hemp products are uh, legal federally. Yeah, interesting. That's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so the so the hemp plant you're getting or the hemp products you're getting from Safeway or Albertsons, <laughs> they're, they're good to go. You're not going to get arrested. Don't worry. I know Clayton was trying to scare you there. Don't worry, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to take the CBD oil and you drop it in your eyes. And that way, when you drive home... Sorry. <laughs> little, <laughs> little, like, little red eyes. Be like, it's just CBD, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for tuning in to the mission driven made podcast today if you did find value in the show and you like our content go ahead and subscribe to the show and if you could scroll down there to the bottom of your phone you're going to see a little place where you can leave us a review it would be greatly appreciated if you did so you can find us on instagram at mission driven made and lastly we created a free online fitness community called the forum so if you go to facebook and type in Mission Driven Made, the forum, you can find us there. If I didn't already mention it, it's completely free. And the reason for it is it's a place where you can connect with other listeners of the podcast. And it's also a place where you can go to ask Clayton or I questions. This can be fitness. This can be nutrition, mindset, lifestyle related. We are there for you and we are there to answer your questions. And it takes about 30 seconds or so to join. All right, everyone, we hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And until next time, stay mission driven.